Good morning, Gotham. Today is September 6th, and this is Gotham Front Page. Joining you on this shortened week Thursday, this is Brett Herskowitz, and I am joined today by Dan Roselle. Dan, how's it hanging, dude? Hello. It's uh, it, you know, it's hanging well. It's a special day for my family as well. I know we're going to get to birthdays later, but it's my brother's birthday today, so happy birthday, Max. Shout out, Max. We, we had a pretty solid day yesterday, so let's let's get right into it. Uh, I, I think we need to lead off with the Le'Veon Bell situation for NFL purposes, for fantasy football purposes, for just general uh, player contract disputes, which has been a, a, a very, very uh, heavy part of this NFL offseason. And, and before, Dan, I come right to you to get your opinion, I just want to throw this out there. The, the NBA is known as the off-season league where it's just now it's non-stop and the entertainment off the court is, you know, arguably just as great as the entertainment on the court. This NFL off-season has been freaking great. I mean, between Le'Veon Bell, Khalil Mack getting traded, Odell finally getting his deal, you just have all these little things. Sam Darnold starting. There is just so much that has been going on the past few weeks in the NFL that I think it's... Uh, it's it's I mean, football is my favorite sport, but for me, it's grow the the off season aspect is I think on the rise. And I don't know if it's just this is a one off off season, but it's been entertaining as hell to watch every team, whatever whatever is going on, any number of things. It's been great. So so Dan, what are your what are your thoughts on this Bell situation? Yeah, I mean it's the year of the holdout. Uh, Aaron Donald held out, got paid. Khalil Mack held out, got traded, then paid. Um. Odell Beckham got paid. So, you know, Le'Veon Bell, yeah, in assessing his worth, it, it seems like he's thinking that the Steelers are coming up a little short and they're, you know, cautious of paying him just because of his age and they don't want to give him too much term and all that. But uh, his teammates are not on board with the holdout. There are some pretty angry quotes coming out from the Steelers' locker room. Kind of feels like they think he's, you know, carrying himself as more important than the team. And it's... uh. It's not a good look. I don't know if he'll be traded. It's just that, to me, it seems like any team who wants him now will still want him even if he doesn't play for a year. So, uh, you know, if he gets paid, that's a problem for the Giants down the road. But if he doesn't, then some team's going to pay him less. I don't know. He's, I don't think he's working himself out of a subsequent contract. I just don't think it's ever going to be as big as he thinks it is. Yeah, I, I I think it really comes down to that because you know obviously he sees Todd Gurley's deal that he that he got earlier this off season and he's thinking you know where is that deal for me? But Gurley's younger, he you know I I know Gurley I believe came back from an, an ACL tear his rookie year, but he's just younger than Bell and and it really comes back to positional value which most teams besides the Giants of course uh, seem to really be understanding that the running back position is a very easily replaceable position. I mean, you have this tweet that uh, fantasy analyst J.J. Zacharyson uh, quote tweeted his own tweet this morning that in 16 games worth of data, not including games where the Steelers rested their starters, they've averaged more points per game without Le'Veon, about a point and a half more than with him. And uh, th th there was one other stat I can't. Oh, yeah. Well, the winning percentage with him is 70.8%. Without him, it's 69.2%. You know, it's it, it's weird because Bell is obviously, arguably, the you know, 
he's easily top three running backs in the league, if not the top running back. So it's like the man deserves to get paid, but it, it's a sticky situation where I have the thing is I want you know Bell rightfully so can sit out and do what he thinks is best for him because you know football it, we're at the point now we're seeing the results of years of running into the most athletic freaks that there are on this planet over and over so I don't blame him for doing that but at the same time can you really blame the Steelers for not wanting to pay him yeah I mean it, it's a tricky situation but they could have avoided it if they didn't franchise tag him twice yeah, like 17. That's 100% correct. They could either figure it out and trade him before if they knew they didn't want to pay him when he reached a certain age. And I'm sure there's teams out there that would be more desperate for a marquee running back, you know, something they haven't had for a while that would um, pay him what he thought he deserved. It's just that at this point, it's gotten it's gotten to the point where it's just uncomfortable for all parties. Like if they didn't want him, they should have traded him gotten some value out of it but now he just could sit out a year and walk for free and it's you know and and the, and the quotes that came out from the one lineman ramon foster about how he's like hey man like it, it you, you did i didn't want to come to this but he's making two times what the left tackle is making and seven times what i'm making like you got to think mike tomlin is scratching his head as he you know he's sitting there like you got to be kidding me like of all things right before the season starts this had to come out and and apparently did you hear that players on the Steelers waited an extra day before saying anything to any media members? I believe it. And also this kind of – speaking of Mike Tomlin, this kind of takes him off the hot seat in my opinion. If they perform worse, then he can point to Bell and be like, well, we don't have our you know, Bell cow running back. Mm -hmm. And uh, Mike Tomlin continues to keep his job, which, again, I don't think he should lose it, but – it sure as hell is a good built-in excuse for someone that was considered on the hot seat because of his inability to get past the Patriots in recent years. Yeah, no, for sure. I, Tom, Tom, he's he's in a weird position where it's like I, I think he's a good coach, but I I don't, you know, when I think of the top coaches in the league, and Tomlin's been around since what 2006 or seven, and he's been consistently solid throughout. But when I think of the top coaches in the league, I never think of Mike Tomlin. Mm -hmm. And guess what? He makes the playoffs almost every year. Yeah. Um, he's played in the AFC Championship how many times? It, honestly, though. So so there's that. Um, and obviously there's the fantasy football impact, which as much as people say they don't like to hear about people's fantasy teams, I am relishing listening to all of my friends who have Le'Veon Bell on their teams. I uh, Personally, I made sure to lock up his backup, James Conner, in a couple leagues. But it is, I mean especially for people drafting either last night or tonight, you know, get people who were like, Oh sweet. Like I'll wait till the last possible second to have the draft. So, you know, any injury news is up to date. I mean, I, I have no idea where I would take Le'Veon Bell right now because given his situation where he could feasibly just sit out until the 10th game. I, I mean, I, I feel like I'm too much of a weenie to, to ever take him. And, you know, if, if no matter where I'm picking in the first round, I feel like I would just weenie out and I, I wouldn't be able to take him. Oh, I wouldn't touch him with a 10-foot pole right now. There's no reason to. If he's not going to report to camp, you know, there's forget week one. There's a chance that he won't get to play for a couple of weeks. And at that point, you're just losing value if you try to force that pick through. Like, yeah, there's a certain threshold, I think, that he can fall to where it's like, okay, he really is the best player available. And even if you take him here, he misses a few games. Like, you can hold it down at the other parts of your lineup until he comes back because he's worth it. But uh, it's it's dropping. I'm 
glad I get to play an opponent who has him week one. Mm -hmm. um, that's a nice little benefit, but we'll see. It's, it's an ongoing story. Yeah, yeah. So we, we will definitely be paying close attention uh, from now until whenever this complete shit show for the Steelers gets resolved. So let's move on to the next the next relatively big story of the day. Nike released the official commercial, the official promo for their th the 30th anniversary of the Just Do It campaign. You know, obviously we've already covered the fact, you know, pre in previous episodes, the fact that Kaepernick was announced, Colin Kaepernick was announced as the face of this uh, promotion, and they released the commercial, and it's all about people uh, sacrificing to to achieve their ultimate goals and, and it it goes through a number of just i mean i i had chills watching the commercial it goes through a number a, a number of different stories i mean it starts off with someone trying to grind on a on a on a stair railing on their skateboard failing over and over it shows a, a young child wrestling who has no legs and, and going head to head with another kid i mean Dan, what, what, what was your reaction to this to this promo? It's cool. I, I think it's something that kind of has been done before and iterated on, but you know, it's obviously dominating the conversation right now. Um, like anyone who doesn't think this is a brilliant marketing move, I'm wondering like what is uh, what's going on there because this is probably the smartest move they could have made at this time. Is it capitalizing on a controversy? Absolutely, it is. Does, does Nike still have problems? Yeah, but is this something that like I respect the hustle and the move for doing this? For sure. This is it makes a lot of sense, and also it's a savage move to buy out uh, airspace during the opening of the NFL season to play this mm -hmm. commercial. I wonder how that's going to go over. I don't, you know, it's a story now just because it's front of mind. But if it airs during the game, you know, people will notice it's on. I don't think it'll impact much afterward people will just be like oh look at yeah. the commercial but it's cool that they you know the idea is cool that's that's a funny little uh, ironic twist that they managed to include with this campaign especially because it's getting under so many people's skins it's wonderful oh my god yeah, I, I, and you gotta think to, to be a fly on the wall at NFL headquarters or if Goodell is going to be in Philly tomorrow night to be a fly on the wall in Goodell's booth when that commercial airs, just seeing his phone blow up and just seeing the reaction because, I mean, he has handled this whole anthem nonsense so poorly the entire time. And now it's just coming back to roost, blow up in his face between this commercial, this freaking awesome commercial airing during the opening game and the fact that earlier, uh, either late last week or early this week, a judge ruled in favor of Kaepernick to keep going with his defamation lawsuit against the NFL. So it's uh it's definitely a, a good time to be Colin Kaepernick and a not so hot time to be Roger Goodell. Yeah, I mean you'd say fly on the wall at NFL headquarters. I'd rather be that uh op-ed columnist for the New York Times being in the White House for this. <laughs> I want to see that reaction. Bad. Give me that. Give me a give me a tight zoom. Speaking of defamation, which is this is one hell of a transition. Roy Moore, the uh, Senate hopeful uh, in Alabama. Filed a filed a defamation lawsuit against Sasha Baron Cohen after he appeared on Sasha Baron Cohen's show, uh, this, "Who Is America?" Um, and for those of you who haven't seen the segment, I, I highly recommend you do. And, and Dan, we were talking before we we started recording. What what, what is the the number one implication of, of 
Roy Moore possibly actually going to court against Baron Cohen? Yeah, he would have to go to a court of law and under oath say that he is not a pedophile. <laughs> which, like, okay, he can double down on it if he wants, but there's enough convincing evidence that uh, I don't think it's going to go that well or as well for him as he thinks it will. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm interested to see what something's got to give, right? So I, I'm interested to see what hill he chooses to die on here, because this is an aggressive move suing a satirical comedian. Yeah, and you could tell it's 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 the it's the attempt of a desperate man to save some face. When at this point we are so far past that, given that he was, I mean, he was pretty embarrassed on a on on premium cable television. And speaking of you know defamation. I want to just throw out this quote. If if you search Roy Moore on Twitter, the sixth tweet down or so is a quote from The New Yorker that says, Roy Moore had been banned from a mall in Gadsden, Alabama, because he badgered teen girls. And the quote from a former police officer in that town says, The general knowledge at the time when I moved here was that this guy is a lawyer cruising the mall for high school dates. So, Roy Moore... Godspeed with that defamation lawsuit. I I will definitely be paying close attention to see how that goes. And and now, before we get to our last segment, I know, Dan, you wanted to bring up the results of last night's Red Sox game, which I, knowingly now, I I have no idea what actually happened. So I I, I will let you take the floor. Yes, I hate the Red Sox. Um, (laughs) They just win right in front of my dumb face, and they give the fire Aaron Boone... um, crowd fuel even though they're having a better season than last season the Yankees are and the only reason they're in seconds because the Red Sox are having a historic season and historic for mm-hmm. games like this so the overall record uh, let me just drop some sports center stats on you here of me teams that were trailing by six or more going into the eighth inning this season mm-hmm. was zero and 483. It is now 1 and 483 after a couple hits, a couple of errors, general incompetence by the NL East. What a surprise there. What? Um, And uh, in addition, let's let's kind of zoom out a little bit. In the last 10 years, when an away team has been in that situation, they are 4 and 2,773 or something like that. Wow. Or 2,776, which is, I mean, like, of course the Red Sox did it. This is Mm -hmm. a team that also got no hit this season. So I, you know, (laughs) it's, they're just winning in front of my stupid face, displaced Yankee (laughs) fan in Boston. I went to a game where they're down 6-4 in the eighth inning, and I said to my my roommate and friend, the Red Sox are going to walk it off. And lo and behold, they won in a walk-off throwing error so this is just something that's going to keep happening to them this year but i just wanted to throw out some of those numbers give you an idea of how rare what they had accomplished is you know respect where respect is due but this is getting a little ridiculous for dan's sake let's move on to our last segment which as you know is the birthday segment so today is september 6th and i'm going to list out uh famous people from whatever walk of life who were born on this day And then we're going to determine whose birthday it is. So first off, we have Idris Elba, one of the smoothest sons ever, turns 46. John Wall, one of the smoothest point guards, 
turns 28. Macy Gray, uh, I don't know her, her, her levels of smoothness, but she had that song that time. She turns 49. Everyone's favorite Dallas Cowboys fan, Chris Christie, turns 56. Tyler Austin turns 27. And Ryan Shazier also turns 27. Um, so, Dan, whose birthday is it? Yeah, with all due respect to uh, my dear brother, it's Idris Elba's birthday, a.k.a. Not really, but we're kind of all hoping he is the next James Bond. Um, yeah, I think you know he's got the he's got the resume, he's got the looks, he's got the charm, he's got the voice, he's got the uh, main role on the wire. So, what is there to not like? Yeah, I I, I think if if we were maybe a few more years into John Wall's career, he'd have a shout, but. Idris Elba is just smooth as hell. That that dude just exudes just like, just pure, like uh, just. I I can't even think of the proper term to give it respect, but he is smooth as hell, and and he's and he's been in so many different things, um, you know whether it's The Wire, or The Office, or quite possibly the next James Bond movie, um yeah. So happy birthday, Idris Elba. Um. So yeah, that that will about wrap it up for this edition of Gotham Front Page. If you haven't already, you know the drill. Go to the iTunes podcast app, subscribe, rate us five stars, leave a review. Make sure you also check out all of the various other podcasts we have on the Gotham Sports Network podcast network. There is, I mean, literally a podcast for anything New York, as well as anything pop culture. So... Dan, any any parting words for the audience as we head into this Thursday? Yes, I hate the Red Sox. <laughs> okay, there you have it, folks. Dan hates the Red Sox. Oh, and happy 2018 NFL season, everyone. It, it's here. The, the long winter is over. Fall has officially fallen. Football is back. All is right in the world until the Giants eventually go like 5-11 and 11 and make me sad. But Stop. That's okay. Right that's now okay. they're tied for the best in the league. And they also have Odell and Saquon on the same offense. So it could be worse. With that, I bid everyone adieu. Have a lovely Thursday. Until next time. 